Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy Rich Hill, here to talk about a very rare occurrence. In the National Football League, two Patriots games in a row. Ooh. It is week seven. They played last week, and they're playing this week against the 49ers. Uh, it's a little confusing, Rich. I'm not sure how to react to these kind of multiple games happening back-to-back, but <laughs> I guess I'll muddle through as best I can. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine the Patriots playing after we already know the best play of the season already happened. I don't know if anyone watched this Thursday night game with Daniel Jones running 80 yards only to trip himself up and fall uh, just straight up on his own. It is the best play of the year thus far. Uh, I don't even know why anyone's still watching football the rest of this year. That's kind of 2020 in a nutshell, isn't it? Like an 80-yard <laughs> run, you just trip over your own feet and fall flat at the goal line, and you and you lose and you, and you lose the game. <laughs> um, that's so true. Good, good for the Giants. Uh, New York football stinks right now, and that's just the way it is. But honestly, man, NFL kind of stinks right now. I'm looking at the Week 7 slated games, and other than the Steelers-Titans matchup uh, Sunday at 1 p.m., which should be a pretty good game, there's not a whole lot I'm seeing on this slate that gets me overly excited to watch some football. Oh, totally. I mean, when you when you see some of the better teams in the league, and one of them is uh, the Cleveland Browns, you know it's having a rough year, right? The, the Browns <laughs> are 4-2. and two. They are a solid team. But that kind of just points to there not being a lot of really great storylines. The Like, all of the faces of the league, Lamar Jackson is not doing as well as he had been in the past couple of years. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is fine, but, like, it's the Chiefs. I feel like it's hard for Patriots fans to get excited to watch the Chiefs if you're trying to watch another game. And I just feel like there's, like, okay, best game of this week outside of the 5-0 and Titans, come on now, against the 5-0 and Steelers, <laughs> is the 4-2 and Arizona freaking Cardinals against the Seattle Seahawks. So when you have no-name teams like the Cardinals, Titans, and the Browns doing the best in the league, it's hard to get excited. No, it is, especially because I feel like these aren't teams that have kind of been slowly getting better and building a roster and establishing some rapport, and, like, we're excited to watch them. I feel like they're just teams kind of coming out of nowhere in 2020, so it's kind of like a surprise for those of us who follow football pretty closely to be like, oh, this is not a team I know a whole lot about because they weren't really on my radar as contenders for this year. So it's cool in that respect, I guess. You're kind of seeing some teams you wouldn't normally see do well, but... I think the overall product is down for a, a lot of reasons. It's really nobody's fault in terms of just time you can practice and whatnot. But it just seems like we're all kind of just 
watching football and seeing what happens, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. And, I mean, we mentioned the Steelers-Titans game. If there's one other game that we should probably be talking about that I want to get your opinion on, Alec, uh, the 4-2 and two Bills on the road against the 0-6 Jets. What's, what's going to happen there? <laughs> You know, it's funny, man. I live in the New York City area. The Jets are the local broadcast every single week, and I have yet to watch any <laughs> Jets football. Um, but I think I may have to tune into this game just to see with my own two eyes what's going on in New York City in terms of the New York Jets. I cannot fathom this NFL team this bad, this poorly managed. What I've heard is just remarkable. My friends who are Jets fans have just they, – they've, they've opted out of the season. They've decided <laughs> – I've gotten multiple unsolicited. I'm opting on a 2020 from the Jets. Uh, I'm going to have to watch that game, not to watch Josh Allen, but just to watch whatever dumpster fire is the Jets and, and laugh my ass off. <laughs> oh, the Jets are just a total embarrassment. I mean, I, I think that uh, other than the Jets game, there's the the Lions on the road against the Falcons. The Lions are two and three. The Falcons are one and five. Both teams have lost many games this year in completely humiliating fashion. So that's going to be a factory of sadness sort of game right there. You have the the Cowboys who are two and four against the one and five Washington team. That's just a Schadenfreude game. And then uh, you have the one and five Jaguars on the road against the one and four Chargers against two teams that you probably forgot actually existed. So this is going to be a pretty solid week of terrible games between terrible teams uh that might have some pretty good products but who knows uh we'll see afterwards if any of these actually play out maybe it'll just be you know 20 interceptions among those three games <laughs> uh but we have the patriots game to talk about right now alec and we are looking at a sunday afternoon game 425 where the three and three san francisco 49ers are at Gillette Stadium to face the home team, New England Patriots, sitting at two and three in a very rare third place in the AFC East. How are you feeling about this Patriots team going into this week? Well, here's some good news, Rich Hill, that maybe you are a little worried of the state of the Patriots. Uh, a big, big boon today or this week for the Patriots. Uh, they were able to string together back-to-back -to -back practices for the second time this month. Uh, <laughs> it is October 23rd. And the month is almost over, and they've only practiced two days in a row once prior to this week, which is bonkers to me. <laughs> and for a team that's as practice-focused and game-plan-specific and chemistry-related as the Patriots are, only being able to practice back-to-back -back twice all month uh, is, from, is just crazy. And, of course, they're going to suffer because of that. They're also getting some guys back off the IR. Uh, the offensive line starting to shape up a little bit. So I am optimistic they'll be able to turn around against the 49ers, who – aren't as good as maybe we thought they'd be this year coming up Super Bowl bid last year. They're kind of average team. Uh, what's really more, I guess, not upsetting, but kind of just uh, interesting to note is this is kind of Jimmy Garoppolo's return to Gillette Stadium. This is one of those games that we figured we, they would be really hyped up, a, a huge kind of storyline, a big matchup, a lot of talking points. And it's just kind of two blah teams having an <laughs> afternoon game that no one's really talking about. Yeah, and to be quite honest, I don't think either team has really earned the the media coverage to be talked about. You know, I mean, like, this Patriots team, they have a great defense, but they are hampered by one of the worst offenses in the entire league. They rank 25th in points scored, 24th in points per drive, so they are a bottom 10 offense. And, you know, I think this defense is better than what they represent because they're dealing with such a terrible offense on the other side. But this is a very middling team, and then you look across on the other sideline, you have the 49ers who are, you know, they are an average defense and an average offense. So, it, you know, you got the Patriots with the highs and lows. The 49ers kind of take in the middle. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking at this, let's start talking about the San Francisco offense. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. He missed a, a game, uh, a couple games this season due to his injuries, um, but he is back. He should be playing. He has the best tight end in the league in George Kittle. He has a pair of really good running backs who Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, absolutely knows how to utilize in Raheem Mostert and Jarek McKinnon, two very, very fast guys who can both run and catch the ball. And he has a good trio of wide receivers in uh, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne and Debo Samuel, the last of which I thought would have been an amazing fit in the Patriots offense uh, a couple years ago. But when you look at this 49ers offense, how do you think they match up against this Patriots defense? I think there are good players. I think Debo Samuel is a blast to watch. I do think he is a great Stephon Gilmore candidate. I think that's probably the marquee matchup of the game on either side of the ball. I think Stephon Gilmore matches up well against him, particularly with the secondary playing way it is. Uh, I don't think this is a scenario where Debo is good enough to warrant safety help. I think Gilmore on an island can take Samuel out. Uh, I imagine the real focus on Bill Belichick, I am focusing on George Kittle. I think he is the guy that makes the offense go from the passing perspective. And, you know, with Patrick Chung out, this is probably an Adrian Phillips game. Um, he's my X factor defensively. I think he's going to be over the middle. He's going to be bumping Kittle at the line, disrupting any routes he might run. I don't know if uh, Phillips will draw Kittle in coverage exclusively. Maybe it's a Jojon Williams kind of kind of uh, platoon style. But I think Adrian Phillips is going to be a big factor in slowing down the passing attack as well as that rushing attack. Because he's really been solid in the box as that hybrid safety linebacker. Um, so I'm getting Gilmore on an island against Debo Samuel. I am making sure that some combination of Phillips and Joe John Williams, maybe JC Jackson slash Jonathan Jones is on George Kittle. And I am stacking the line and not allowing those two running backs have to go run amok. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I, th I think that uh, Kittle is the engine of that offense. I think those are some good matchups. And I think it's important to talk about how Kyle Shanahan's offense works with a lot of motions. They also utilize Kyle Juszczyk at fullback a lot. So they have a lot of flexibility and it's important to highlight Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, they both have rushing attempts. So does George Kittle. So everyone gets the ball coming out of the backfield. Use check can be a good lead blocker as well as a receiver. So when thinking of how the Patriots defense matches up against this 49ers offense, it's not always going to be as simple as this, these are the receivers drop back into coverage. Instead, you're going to get a lot of motion. You're going to get the 49ers absolutely trying to stress the edges of this Patriots defense who don't really have those sideline to sideline linebackers. You know, Juwan Bentley is going to be my X factor. I, I think that how he performs because the 49ers will absolutely be testing him at every single snap. They're going to be trying to draw him in and bouncing to the outside. They're going to test his ability and coverage with, you know, two very good receiving backs as well as a good receiving fullback. And so if Bentley is going to succeed the Patriots' defense will succeed. If Bentley struggles, I think that this 49ers offense could have the opportunity to, no matter how well the secondary matches up against these receivers, I think the 49ers could just walk down the field running the ball all day. So you think the primary strategy against this Patriots defense would be to run the ball first, establish the run? You know, against the Tom Brady run offense, the strategy was always keep Brady off the field, right? Long, sustained drives that end in points. Never let the Patriots offense get into any kind of a rhythm. You usually do that through the running game or that short completion percentage pass, whatever you want to do. Uh, the, the Pages offense doesn't scare anybody right now. It's more the defense that's that, that that's that's going to be the, the the terrifying factor if you're a coordinator on the opposite side of the field. So are you really going to establish the run and be a run first, or are you going to try and air it out? 
I mean, specifically the scary part of the Patriots' defense is that they have the best secondary in the league. Even with Patrick Chung out, the Patriots' secondary is the best in the league. Adrian Phillips, as you said, is a good hybrid linebacker safety that Belichick's been looking for for a while. But if you have that super strong secondary, you look at this Patriots' defensive front, which is kind of hobbled. You know, they're getting Bo Allen back from the injured reserve, potentially, but Adam Butler has been dealing with a shoulder injury. It's really just Lawrence Guy. And uh, this is a smaller Patriots defensive line. They don't have the linebacker depth. So there's a lot of weakness on this defensive front seven for New England. And so, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's less about trying to keep the ball away from the Patriots offense and from Cam Newton and thinking more about how can we most easily move this ball down the field and consistently move this ball against this Patriots defense. And I kind of imagine that this Patriots defense is very susceptible to these outside stretch zone runs that Shanahan likes to run. And I think that they could just march down the field on the really long running plays with, you know, a couple play action passes here and there. Because the Broncos, remember, they ran for 130 around there. Yep. Uh, and, you know, that wasn't exactly a stellar offensive line either. And I think the offensive weapons for San Francisco from the passing game are definitely stronger than Denver. At least yep. I've heard of the Denver, uh, the, the, the Niner wide receivers. Uh, everyone <laughs> knows who Debo Samuel is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they are susceptible to the run. Uh, I'd love to see Chase Winovich kind of get back involved a little more. He's getting limited snaps. Maybe he's injured. I'm not sure. But, yeah, setting the edge has been an issue for the Patriots. Um, you know, they, they stretch the ball out. They go a lot of toss plays, and then they stretch out more, and then they can crash up the middle, especially with a fullback like Kyle Juszczyk, who is one of the more underrated players in the league. He's a little older now, but he can catch the ball. He's fast. He's a good blocker. Um, so I'll be very curious to see how they dial up the the run defense. I think a lot of man coverage and focus on stopping the run, maybe dare Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the way they do with some teams, kind of force their hand by just showing the very expensive packages. Mm-hmm. But uh, Garoppolo has been average as a quarterback. I don't think he's been great. And I think that it might be a scenario. I'll be very curious to see. I love Jimmy G. I'll always love Jimmy G. But I'll be very curious to see if there's any kind of ghosts in his closet in terms of returning to Foxborough, going up <laughs> against his old coach, any kind of, you know, justification or validation he needs, could that motivate him to play really, really well? Or could he be kind of looking over his shoulder all the time, wondering if Belichick's in his head? Yeah, that's a good point. I was wondering this, actually. So what do you think? I, I, if I were Bill Belichick, Steve Belichick, this Patriots defense, uh, you practice against Garoppolo. I know you have a lot of new faces, but you practiced against him for many <sighs> years. And he knows a lot of your strategies and tips and tricks because this Patriots defense hasn't changed that much since Garoppolo was last there with regards to how they try to play defense. You know, they've changed their personnel a little bit. You know, they're playing more dime than they did beforehand, but it's really just a safety taking the role that a linebacker used to have. Uh, And do you think that plays to Garoppolo's benefit? that he's familiar with that or do you think that that just means that as you said bill belichick's going to throw the kitchen sink at him i think it plays to bill belichick's benefit and that i think bill belichick will give jimmy garoppolo a lot of pre-snap looks that he'll recognize that Mm. completely morph the second the ball is snapped i think he's very good at that we saw a lot of that with uh the 2002, the the, Ra- uh, the Raiders-Buccaneers Super Bowl with John Gruden kind of losing his old team and the, the amount of times he was able to kind of think, make make the Raiders think that they were doing a certain package and then they they, they, they shifted at the last second. I think Bell is going to do that a lot, with this, especially with the defense as intelligent as the Patriots are and with as much versatility as the Patriots allow given the strength of their secondary. So a lot of pre-snap looks are going to be very, very wrong for Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, and he'll probably throw two picks is my prediction today.
Ooh, interesting. I like that. Um, and kind of speaking of, you know, defensive prowess, this 49ers defense has historically been very, very good at that linebacker spot. Uh, and just overall, they've been generally pretty good for a while. Uh, but Fred Warner is their next great linebacker. He's next to Quan Alexander, who's a very good downhill, uh, you know, run-stopping linebacker. And this is a Patriots team that relies so heavily on the ability to run the ball. And if they run against this 49ers defense, they're kind of running into the teeth of them, right? Because you have Quan Alexander and Fred Warner, two very, very good linebackers. They have an all-pro defensive lineman on Eric Armstead, and they have just a very strong defense up the middle of the field. Uh, And so if you were the Patriots. If you're Josh McDaniels and you're trying to keep pace with this 49ers offense, with Jimmy Garoppolo and all of them, how are you strategizing this Patriots offense to be as productive as possible after two goose eggs of weeks? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question because you also have to just wonder, you know, how many tools they have in the toolbox. You know, I think one of the real benefits of Patriots offenses of the past is they were always able to adjust on the fly and utilize the weapons they had and capitalize on them to morph as necessary. I just don't know, and I'm not convinced the Patriots have that in 2020. They might, but, you know, due to the mess of the season they've had and the lack of preseason, I don't know if they really have their their skills honed the way they usually do in late October. Uh, This is not a late October Patriots where any of us are used to. Um, so I feel like they have to kind of just keep doing what works. You know, if they drop this game to the 49ers and drop the two and four, um, you know, that might be kind of a wrap on the season in a lot of ways. Um, catch, trying to catch up with the Bills. We're going to just destroy the Jets. So there'll be like a, a several game, a several game lead the Bills will have in the division. This is kind of an important game for them. So I would keep running the ball. I'd keep running the read option. I'd, I'd let Cam Newton, Newton use his legs a little more. Uh, I'd, I move the tight ends around. I maybe will. I will. Maybe I'll pull a Rob Parker and just keep saying the same thing every single week, and until I'm actually right, and then pretend I knew it all along and go with Devin Asiasi as my X factor <laughs> again, because I feel like the tight ends just have to get involved when you're limited in your offensive abilities, when you haven't had a chance to practice. I don't know why they aren't going to the tight ends more, not just as blockers, but just like couple tight end sets, move them out wide. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of short percentage passes, run the ball a lot, get Damian Harris involved, get James White involved, maybe get some two-back sets with James White and J.J. Taylor, motion them both out, make nice, easy completions. And I feel like the longer the Patriots can sustain drives and get themselves some confidence, the better it's going to move down the field and down the season as well. Oh, totally. I mean, I, I agree with that. They need to just get some sort of consistency going on because uh, if this offense is going to rely on chunk plays in order to score points, it's going to continue to be inconsistent. And honestly, I just don't think that they have the talent in order to do that enough to win. And so I totally like that. I think they'll get the running backs involved in the passing game a lot. Uh, I mean, just think of how the Patriots played against Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl. James White, big game, big day out of him, hopefully. I could see it also going to Rex Burkhead in between the 20s uh, or even in the red zone. So I I think it'll be a big day for the running backs. Um, But kind of with that, uh, I know I said that I don't think that they can rely on the big plays, but that doesn't mean I don't think that they are capable of doing it. And I feel like they've been so close the past couple of weeks to busting out enormous plays to Demir Bird. Bird has been their top receiver from a snap perspective. Uh, He's definitely not their top receiver from a target perspective. Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry both have more targets, but Bird has been on the field more, 
and he's been taking the tops off of defenses. And it's happened enough that I have to imagine Josh McDaniel, Cam Newton, have been watching it on tape. And I have to think that Cam Newton's going to air it out. I imagine that Newton's going to give him the opportunity a couple times this game to make a huge play. And my X factor is going to be Bird. If he can pull down, you know, over 80 yards this game, I think that the Patriots will be in a pretty good spot. And I'm going to be, uh, you know, you made your Garoppolo with two picks prediction. I think Bird's going to have two catches of at least 30 yards this week. And, you know, maybe one of them will be like a 50-yard touchdown. But I think that Bird is due for a couple big catches. He has been making the plays. It's a matter of connecting. Uh, I don't think that he is the best option to be a number one guy for this Patriots offense, but someone has to emerge in a way that they haven't over the past couple of weeks, and I think that this could be Bird's turn. I hope so, because uh, fun fact, Cam Newton has two passing touchdowns on the season. Um, so not a good look yeah. until late October for a quarter. <laughs> obviously he's, he's run for, for a number of touchdowns, but you want your quarterback to throw touchdowns and not run for him. And that'd be, that'd be good if you can get some, get maybe into the, the whole, whole hands worth of touchdowns would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Patriots rank last in the league in touchdown passes. Yeah. So. <laughs> not, not a good look. How about this though? You said Bird's your X factor. I like it. I think Bird's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, is this not the bounce back game, but a bounce back game for a guy we've been talking about a lot over the podcast, Julian Edelman? Think he gets back off the schneid? You know, it's his uh, homecoming game. So yeah. maybe. I mean, honestly, though, I feel like he's been dealing with this knee injury. It's probably hard, like worse than we knew. Um, and I don't know. I feel like it's hard. He's been getting the snaps. So I don't think he's like hurt that much. And against this 49ers secondary, I think he'll have some pretty favorable matchups because uh, they just don't have the same sort of players that they usually do in that secondary. Um, but, you know, he'll be facing off against the likes of Jason Verrett. Uh, probably not Emmanuel Mosley who's dealing with a concussion, but th- there's rotating cast in the secondary due to all of these injuries that they've been having. So it could be a good game for Edwin to take advantage of some of the weaker matchups. Uh, I just think that the way that opposing teams have covered the Patriots offense, both this year and last year, is to just bracket and double Edelman and try and have the Patriots' other players step up. And I can't see the 49ers doing something differently. So through no fault of Edelman's uh, performance, I think that the 49ers will still try to prevent him from being the engine of this offense. And so I don't think it'll be a big bounce back game for him, but that might, might open up the opportunities for other players. Like your X-Factor bird, which makes sense. All right, Rich, I've gotten away from this in the past, but I'm going to try and get back to it. Uh, over under on Cam Newton design runs. I'm going to give you uh, five Cam Newton calls his own number. Not scrambles when the play breaks down, but actual Cam Newton runs. The over under is five. You're taking the over or the under? Uh, I'm taking the over this time. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of like delay draws that they utilize, and I have to imagine that uh, – Though he's going to try and take advantage of this 49ers defense. If the Patriots can have some success with a play-action pass, I think that Cam Newton will have some opportunity to, you know, do the play-action and tuck it in for himself and uh, just kind of do, like, naked bootlegs or something like that. And I, I imagine that he'll have a couple more run attempts on his own. Uh, more touchdown passes or runs for Cam Newton? easily more runs um yeah i i I would be shocked if cam newton had a multiple touchdown day all right well 
Man can dream, I guess. Uh, I guess it's time for predictions here, Rich. Um, this is, I think, in a pretty important game. And last week, we both had the Patriots be- beating the Broncos. Uh, I Oof. said 13-6 to in a field goal-heavy game. So I guess technically I won, even though we both lost pretty bad. Um, so I guess I will go first here. Uh, I'm taking the Patriots to win this game. I think this is a pivotal moment in the season. Not in that if they lose, it's totally over, but the Patriots crap the bed once a season against a lousy team almost without fail, and nothing goes right, and everyone's writing them off, and usually in normal years, they have a really good week of practice, there's a big kind of huddle moment, the kind of come-to-Jesus moment, if you want to call it that, where they all kind of get themselves together, realize it's time to get serious, and they come out and they spank the team that is unfortunate to play them next week. Uh, I'm hoping that happens this week and the Patriots come out and win big and look good. Because if they don't do that, uh, I think it's very indicative of how the rest of the season is going to go for this team. So I'm going to be optimistic in the situation. I think the Patriots do well. Offense looks good. Defense looks great. And they win this game 24-13. to 13. Ooh, interesting. Uh, this is kind of funny. Uh, my prediction is the exact opposite. I think that the 49ers come in and they win 24 to 13. That was going to be wow. my guess. Wow. Uh, it's never I, happened before in the history of the past podcast. Yeah. Inverse. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think that the 49ers will be able to run the ball pretty comfortably throughout the game. I think that, uh, the Patriots defensive front is not that great right now and the 49ers will capitalize on it they'll have a bunch of successful drives maybe like three of them will end in field goals because the secondary is too good when the field gets short uh to allow them to score too often but you know i think 24 points uh or sorry uh was it 24 to 13 Yep. I think that 24 points for the 49ers makes plenty of sense uh, with regards to how often they'll be down there. Uh, and then I, I just think that the Patriots, I think that Bird is due for a big game. I think that he could do it. Uh, but I also don't think that they'll be able to go punch for punch with this 49ers team because, as you said, the Patriots have really just started practicing. <laughs> I, I mean, we saw the rust last week. I have a hard time imagining it'll be fully gone this week. Uh, this is usually the part of the season where the Patriots hone in on what they are good at, and they haven't had the opportunity to. So, I mean, this is effectively like a continuation of the preseason, uh, and, and I just have a hard time seeing that this will be the time that the players will put it all together. It is still kind of the preseason, except we're in week seven, the, week's, the season's almost half over, Rich, so <laughs> who the hell knows what's going on? The good news about this is we'll know definitively who won next week because one of us is going to be right, and um, yeah, that's all I got for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have all the game updates on PatsPulpit.com. We'll have the updates on the website. We'll have our podcast after the game. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week seven of the NFL season? I most definitively do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. See you, buddy. Later, man.